there were quite a lot of people in this little room. But you know, people will drop out and be sick, and so it's, it's okay. And that so many people are interested really shows the urgency of the topic. I, I think I had to say like, to 10 or 15 people, I had to say no, because, you know, it's full. Mm. I was happy that I could tell them that they can listen to the recording, so it's, hard, it's difficult to say people, no, sorry, you can't come to hear about the most important thing in your life. Sorry, you can't come. <laughs> I mean, it's different than to say someone, you can't watch the movie. Yeah, I, I actually really feel that for most of us, this is uh, the most important inner work we have to do or can do uh, in our life. The most important uh, spiritual or psychotherapeutical view, uh, work. And I have been exploring this uh, since 30 years. It, I think finally I get somewhere with it. So what's the work? Well, what is the invitation to explore? It is to utterly, completely, totally love yourself. Just that. And I have been thinking about the word love yourself, you know, because you know, people want maybe like to hear accept myself or be kind to myself and have compassion with myself. And uh, but I, I think there's no better work, work, word than the, wor the, word, the word love. And I'm going to use it. And then, if you feel, oh, this is cheesy, it's you know, I, this is, uh, it's good, it's fine. I mean, then that's what is coming up. But if we use the word love here, try to keep it a mystery. I mean, you say love, but don't have any idea what it is. Try to kind of remove all the stuff connected with it. Right? Because we don't, in a way, we all know what, what love is, but we can't really explain it. So keep it a bit like, yeah, we use this word love, but we don't need to make a decision. It's more like a, a word which might open to the, to the wisdom and the love which is already inside of you which is already part of your nature. So tonight, um, what I would like to do 
is I, I would like to convince you to take a bow, to take this really serious, to take the vow to love yourself. And I would like to, I mean, after the first meditation, I will do a bit of advertising for that vow. And then those of you who want to take that vow, uh, I, I want to make a little ceremony around it. Because if you don't take this serious, if you don't bring this into every day, every hour of every day, then it's not going to help this three months. Yeah, it's okay to listen to a lecture you know, and kind of be a bit entertained and get to know something or be a little inspired, but to really make a change, you need to put the work into it. And that doesn't mean that you need to sit and meditate. That would be good. Um, but uh, that uh, you take this serious and you make a commitment and then you do something around this every day. And this could be in the bus or... And I will, will uh, invite you to certain different practices how, how we can do that in, in our daily life. But just an aspiration, just to say, to kind of really put the intention into your heart, yes, I deserve to be loved, always. I deserve that. And I have been running around with my empty cup, you know, the empty heart cup, uh, which we cultivate through the narcissistic wounding in our upbringing. Uh, uh, you know, we, we run around in our life and ask other people to fill the cup. So instead of, I love myself, oh, do you love me? I can't live without you, please love me. I, I, I'm so afraid that you leave me. And nobody else can fill the empty cup. Nobody else can fill this hole. Uh, it's, our, it's your job. You can't put it on another person. Of course, other person can help you sometimes. But most of the time, they have an em empty cup themselves. So then it is a really horrible situation. <laughs> I mean, some people even ask their, their kids to fill their cup. They get kids to, fill, to, to get their cup filled. And nothing, you know, even like a career or anything, like being famous, for example, some people feel uh, that if they become famous, then, then this empty cup can be filled. It's not working. So, before, I, before the first meditation, if we ever get there, I mean, I already feel that. I try to discipline myself. When we talk about, yeah, yeah, so when we talk about Buddhist practice, and this is, no, we are practicing within the Buddhist frame. There's no doubt about that. 
Yeah. I mean, from my side. Uh, then one way to talk about Buddhist practice is, is to talk about the view, the practice, and the result. This is just one way to kind of give a lecture about Buddhism, is to talk about the view in Buddhism, about the practice, and then about the result. And I would like to quote something from Lama Yeshe. And you have heard this a few times already. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's from the book Introduction to Tantra. Lama Yeshe says, Dwelling deep within our heart and within the hearts of all beings without exception, so all beings, so we are all included. Yeah, so all beings, I mean, for sure we are included in that. Without exception, is an inexhaustible source of love and wisdom. So beneath the empty cup, There's the good place, the safe place, beneath the empty cup. And that place is undestructible, uncorruptible, unpoisonable. That place is, has many names in the Buddhist tradition. There's a kind of an archetypical symbol of that place, uh, Shenrizik, the Buddha of Compassion. It's also called Buddha nature. So that's that's the view. That's that's an assum assumption, and maybe a lot of you all you you feel that or you know that you have. I mean, you have touched that place, or it it breaks through. It shines through in your life. But at least give it some credential, uh, some, some kind of trust or some kind of faith. Because when the Tibetan teachers say this, they are not saying this to, to be polite or you know, say something nice to you. They're actually talking from experience. They, they, they rest in that place and they live from it and they speak from it. So in that way, we could say this course is not about developing something. It's not a training in that, in that sense. It is more a discovery of what is already there. It's more a question on, on how can we heal the obstacles who prevent us to shift into that place. Then Lama Yeshe says, and the ultimate purpose of all spiritual practices, whether they are called Buddhist or not, is to uncover and make contact with this essentially pure nature. So I would say this is like the, the purpose of our life. I can't tell you what the purpose of your life is, although I know what the purpose of your life is. What is the purpose of your life? It is uncover and to make contact with this. Can you speak up a bit? I have a hard time hearing you. 
Uh, can you maybe change life yeah. or, or know someone who has better? Because I'm already kind of shouting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, oh, I'm sorry for you, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Is that okay for you? Yeah. Yes, he can Thank hear me. He knows already what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so he does not even need to hear me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is um, making contact with this essential pure nature or in other words you could say realizing that you are that not only to make contact with it but to realize you are that so that is called awakening so this course is about awakening it's not like a self-help, mindfulness, you know, how to deal with my anxiety stuff. The, the intention of what I'm doing is to wake us up. I mean, you are, you are very welcome here if your intention is to feel a little better in your life. But that's a modest intention. It's too modest. And it's important, the intention with, uh, uh, you, you have to enter a practice, it's important. Because, I mean, if, you, if your intention is in life to feel a little better, then that's what you get. And that's too, too little. So my intention is to wake us up like the intention of any Buddhist teacher. And part of the awakening and part of uh, becoming a source of love for others, you know, bodhicitta, is to fill the empty cup. It's a bodhicitta practice. We do this for others. You are actually not important. If you feel good or bad, it's not a big deal, actually. I mean, for you, yes, but... Uh, so, em filling the empty cup is a service for others. And you know, of course. I mean, what's the best you can do for your kids? What's the best you can do for your partner? To be more comfortable under your own skin to be more comfortable with yourself, to love you, to, to completely, totally, utterly love yourself. That's the best thing you can do for others. So then he says, when we have developed our own inner purity, it's not very well put, Lama Yeshe, but it's also like translation, so because we don't need to develop our own inner purity. Let's put let's make a little correction here. So when we have to discovered our own inner purity, our inner compassion 
And in our love, he says, we can then see the reflection of this purity and loving kindness in others. This really makes sense, and you can really, you can, you can really feel when you soften a bit to yourself, when you embrace yourself, when you are, when you, when you forgive, when you, are, when there's a place for yourself in your own heart. You you don't need to say to yourself, "Oh, now I need to practice loving kindness, meditation, or something." It's it's natural. It's natural. It's natural then to be a more loving person, a person where others like to be around, where others feel comfortable, where they feel they can be who they are, because you allow yourself to be who you are. You are, you, you you kind of can soften a bit the facade, the mask, the persona. Because you, you don't need to hide so much. And then he says, but if we have not contacted these qualities within ourselves, we will see everyone as ugly and limited. So this is really a problem in some of the Buddhist approaches where you know, they start with, you know, loving kindness and cherishing others and compassion to others and being kind and and there's the empty cup. I mean, this is not going to work. It's fake. It's exhausting. It's the fake Buddhist smile. And then he says something which takes a lifetime to figure out. For whatever we see every day in outer reality is actually nothing more than a projection of our own inner reality. Does he mean this? <laughs> I mean, does he really mean that? So I say it again. For whatever we see every day in outer reality is actually nothing more than a projection of our own inner reality. Does he really mean this? Yes, they really mean this. Literally. So maybe you, you notice that kind of to make sense of the coming course, put the materialistic uh, so-called scientific worldview into, a sh into the shelf, at least for these two hours. Because uh, if you still believe that there is an independent, solid world out there which is made out of atoms, then you are far from being a Buddhist.
you see, I, I will shock you a bit in this course. <laughs> then you are far from taking, having taken refuge. And then most of the teachings will not make sense, like teachings on karma, teachings on you know, Buddha, teachings on emptiness. And these are, the te- these are what we take refuge in, in the Buddhist teachings. Of course, there's benefits in the materialistic, so-called scientific. I mean, when I say scientific now, I mean like the science which is outdated since 100 years. So it's actually not anymore the scientific worldview. So when we, when we give this the benefit of the doubt, this sentence, for whatever we see every day in outer realities, actually nothing more than a projection of our own inner reality, then it makes completely sense to utterly, completely, radically, totally love yourself. How do you save this planet? By loving yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, rhetor- a rhetorical question. But <laughs> yeah, but something like that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if you start to understand this, then you will never fall in despair anymore. You will never give up. You will tirelessly work for saving this planet. And you will tirelessly work for saving this planet because it does not exist. Radically said. Precisely said. Precisely Buddhist said. So the view, you know, so the view is uh, the view or the, the, the paradigm of the Buddha nature, that we all already have everything and that it is a matter of discovering it and trusting it and shifting into it. And then the practice is, you know, now kind of a bit provisional practices of uh, filling the inner cup filling the empty cup. Practices like self-compassion, self-acceptance, so we will play with different things. Not forgetting that we're doing this for awakening. For enlightenment, if I I dare to use this word. It's a a difficult word, but um, that's, that's the intention. short meditation. But one thing before, just uh, to clarify. I will, uh, no, we will look into some, you know, some self-compassion work like from Christy Neff, or self-acceptance, Tara Brach, and stuff like that. So when I use the word self-compassion, 
obviously, since I'm a Buddhist, I have understood that there is no self. Uh, if you have not understood that yet, then you are not a Buddhist. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to be a Buddhist to be here, yeah, obviously. I never usually say that I'm a Buddhist. Uh, but um, I want to be a bit provo provocative. Uh, so, here self, self-compassion, or even I love myself, yeah, I, I love myself. So that self, what you are loving here, is unfindable. Yeah, just to, because, you know, people ask this question, yeah, you talk about self-compassion, but what is the selflessness? So this self, which I want to invite you to make a commitment towards, is unfindable. It has no substance. It is made up. It's a hallucination. So then maybe now you think, yeah, but if it does not exist, if it's an hallucination, why should I love it? Uh, because also the love is a hallucination. And you need to use a placebo for illusionary problems. <laughs> Real things will not work with illusionary problems. On the other hand, obviously, it, even if we, you know, so, I mean, it's pretty obvious that there's no self, right? Um, uh, just, you know, check up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but, of course, what we still experience is like a network, a pro processes of difficult feelings, processes of a pro the process of not feeling good enough. I'm not good enough. Or the process of uh, there's something wrong with me. Yeah, and and it's an, of course it's an hallucination. It's illusionary. It's made up. It's a narrative. But it makes us suffer. So just to say, okay, it's, it's empty, it does, it's unfindable, it has no substance. Uh, that's the ultimate medicine, to see that. That's where you drop really into this good place, Lama Yeshe is describing. But until then, we need to have some placebos. And uh, learning to take care of yourself, learning practices of forgiveness, uh, learning to learning to embrace your feelings, learning to be with your feelings, with all feelings in a loving way. All these are necessary placebos 
for those illusionary problems so that finally you realize that you're already home. And finally you realize that this universe is a safe place. So now, I wonder how many people I lost now. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can uh, uh, dare to do things like this only when there's so many people, because <laughs> there will be enough left. <laughs> you have to question us. Huh? You can question us. Uh, I know, I will see. So, let's take a few moments or to just um, uh, be with this outburst of nothing. And yeah, just take a few moments to be quietly with yourself. Make contact with your inner life as it is. So notice your posture and your feet. It's a sense of dropping from the head into the body or sliding. And if it helps you, you can ride on the in-breath into the body with your awareness. Letting this moment be what it is. For some minutes, uh, taking thoughts less serious. They continue to arise, but they, you don't emphasize them as much. Maybe with the out-breath, it's possible to release some of the tension through effort, through self-improvement, through, through trying to get somewhere, be someone. So if you allow yourself to be here, and you bring yourself along, as you are.
And then if you notice that you get entangled, carried away by the stream of thinking, gently come back to the posture, to the breath, to your belly. Turning, resting, softening. So, and then uh, for those uh, who, who have some connection with the Buddhist tradition, let's call upon the presence of the Buddha. In particular, the Tibetan Buddhist lineage. <clears throat> and we can call upon the Dalai Lama and the Kamapa. As our role models. And protectors. And maybe it's possible for you to suffuse the silence, the space between us with their warmth, their kindness, their radical love, so that you are bathed in ultimate bodhicitta. So the first practice I want to share with you is using a mantra. And for me, this is the most important practice in this course. But uh, I mean, we are all different. Uh, and maybe this is a bit cheesy for you, or uh, it, it feels you know, a bit stupid, this practice. There will be other stuff coming. Yeah? No, I can also at one point talk about neuroplasticity and stuff like that So for the materialists. Um, but this is the most important practice. 
The mantra is very simple. The mantra is, I love myself. And uh, of course, you know, as I, I mean, many of you, most of you have you know, listened to teachings. You remember that I always say you need to, um, you need to be creative and ad adapt the practices to your own needs. So there is no, there is no point in kind of repeating something or doing something, and you feel, nah, it's not. This is not my thing. It's, it's just not working. So of course, there's there's possibility to use other words. Yeah. So what is a mantra? A mantra, mantra means mind protection. The word, the Sanskrit word, uh, uh, mantra means mind protection. So what we protect ourselves with this mantra is the whole crap which is going on uh, subconscious and consciously putting yourself down, criticizing yourself, attacking yourself. This is probably for many people the, mo the, the biggest stress factor. And sometimes we are so used to it, we, we not even notice it. And even worse, we believe it. We believe that there's something wrong with me. We believe that there is, that I'm not good enough. I mean, look around, all these beautiful flowers, all these unique people, all these perfect people. I mean, you can see it. You wouldn't talk with them the way you talk with yourself. It's too cruel. And we have meditated on that mantra, I'm not good enough, for many, 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 many years. So one part of this course is, I will talk about this at one, another point, to, to become aware of that, you know, what you call inner judge or you know, the inner critic or something like that, to, to become aware of that. Yeah, but that's uh, for another evening. It's painful. It's painful to become aware of that. It's sad. It's really sad. You know, this beautiful creature you are, this beautiful boy, this beautiful girl at one point she believed he believed that he is not good enough she is not good enough that's so sad so mantra is a, a, a phrase you, you you repeat and you take that as your meditation object. So those of you who have done the shamatha course last year, very good. Because this is a shamatha practice. So all, all the stuff you heard there is helpful there. And then, so those, some of you also did the Vipassana course, very good. 
because the tools we we looked we looked at there we need them for you know going deeper into this we suffer because we don't have insight into who we are and and so in that course we learned the tools to find out to see who we are and those of you who have done the shenrezig very good <laughs> because this is one of the practices we will look at uh, kind of starting to f to uh, later in the course starting to fill up the empty cup through an archetypical symbol of love so we will look at that so the practice is like that it is very simple i will also send it to you so um I mean, in daily life, you say, I love myself. As much as possible. Be fanatic about it. <laughs> no, that's why, no, that's why I want to convince you to take a vow after the break. So, if someone says something ugly to you, you just... Say, I love myself. Yeah, I will. I will say that. Yeah. So I love myself. You know, you can get yourself a mala. Yeah. Like, that's you know? it. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's a mala. So the purpose of the mala is to remind yourself of the of the practice you're doing. So this is like a reminder. Yeah? So you can carry it. I mean, I never do that, but some people do. I, I mean, I don't. I have always a mala with me, but it's secret. Um, so, and then you take it, and whenever you say the mantra once, you put one bead. Yeah. So then, so you sit somewhere. Maybe you can even watch Netflix. <laughs> Or you sit in the park and you just, I love myself, 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 I love myself. Just say it. Loud? No, you don't. No, no, you don't. Quietly. Fake it. No, in the beginning when you say it, and we will look at it like... You know, we have to kind of feel into it. Uh, you know, in the beginning it feels I'm faking it. I don't feel it. I don't know how. But you know. Something in your nose. Something in your nose what it means to love. And some, something in you also knows how it feels to be loved. You have a memory of that. I love myself. So now, again, I say, I always say, don't do any practices where you kind of violate your common sense or something like that. You know, I mean, if you're sitting there, I love myself. This is so stupid. I love myself. <laughs> Shit, no, I can. This hurts. Yeah, I can't do this. This is so stupid. This is super superstitious. Shit, Tibetan stuff. You know. 
so then just drop it. You know? But otherwise, if it feels a bit strange and alien and kind of empty, just continue to, to do it. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And then we will, throughout the course, I will share some other meditation with you so that then slowly, slowly, when you, when you say this word, you actually feel something. Of course, we need to fill this word, I love myself, with an experience, with a taste. Yeah? So it's not going to stay like in your mouth. It has to go into your heart. It has to go into your whole body. I love myself. I lo and you can try Swedish. That may, might be a bit more difficult. Uh, but, you know, since many of you have encountered this word love, mainly in the context of Buddhist teachings, maybe it, it's quite good to do it in English for some. It, it's, for me, it works also better. To, to say in, instead of uh, ich liebe mich uh, to say I love myself mm. it's easier so in a formal way so formal practice would be uh, with the in breath I love myself with the out breath letting go of what is there whatever comes up so I love myself can do this after the break. I will guide it. With the in-breath and then with the out-breath letting go of the anxiety which is there or you know you kind of you you give space. This, the discomfort which is there or the reaction to this word words so so you you let go. I love myself and with the out-breath <coughs> just openness. And then again, a bit more focus with the in-breath, I love myself, and then with the out-breath, letting go. And then we will combine that uh, later with some kind of light visualization. So those who are familiar with Shenrezig could be like you feel uh, that Shenrezig is behind you or in front of you. So then when you say, when you breathe in, you, you kind of, you breathe in that Chenrezig light, that healing light. I love myself. And then letting go. So that is the, for, the formal meditation practice. And then, of course, if you do that, and you have a bit of a taste, then when you say the mantra during the day, you will start to get access to what you discover in your meditation. So the, the, the mantra becomes like a reminder, no, uh, an anchor. No, so you can anchor certain experiences with words. No, at one point, when you have cultivated certain experiences in your meditation, just a hand gesture or a, po a body posture or a mantra can bring you into that experience very quickly, like this. We are capable to do that. Yeah? I mean, if we see McDonald's signs, we also have a reaction like that. Yeah? Because we have anchored that. Or whatever you're addicted to. So do you see the, 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 the symbol? And then, and then the, the mental state is there. So 
In the same way, you can also anchor positive states of mind, wholesome states of mind. So now, after the break, we will take this vow. And if you don't, you have to leave. No, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm saying this before, uh, before the break, so you know what I'm going to... Usually, I don't like this. You know, people repeat after me. It's like... Uh, but still, I... I, s I want to do it this time. But, of course, if you feel this is really bullshit, I can't do this, I can't say this, don't, you know, don't let other people, I mean, don't let other people go into your mind and, you know, and just because everyone does it or someone, someone says to you, the, uh, something and don't obey yeah so only that's why i say it now only if you feel yeah i i this is what i i like to commit to this for the th next three months yeah. and i will also send it to you if you feel a bit shy now you know and you don't like good things you know, like uh, brainwashing it's a kind of brainwashing <laughs> uh, then then I, I send it to you and then you can decide. I do it secretly at home, yeah? And then you can do it. So, the vow is, I vow to love myself fully and completely and deeply in every way, in all thoughts, in all actions, in all my desires and my being. I vow to love myself. So again, I say it again. I vow to love myself fully and completely. Yeah? And deeply, in every way, in all thoughts, You remember the course is called radical acceptance, not just acceptance. <laughs> yeah. In all actions. In all actions. In all my desires. and my being. What, what does it mean, my, and my being? Yeah, but the, what does that imply? I don't understand. That. My being? Yes, like how I act or... Uh, my being. My being is my being. My being, being here. Yeah, my whole uh, my whole being, my whole my ganzes Wesen, yes, my whole being. Hmm? Mm. <laughs> okay. yeah. Good to have. Uh, <laughs> different nationalities here. Yeah.
So, I just want to say something uh, about in all actions. Yeah. Maybe some of you, and we will do this again, you remember this meditation I used to guide for, for a while where I said something. Um, so I love myself and then I said something like, and when I'm sad, I love myself more, not less. Yeah. Because I, des I always deserve to be loved more, not less. I always, always deserve to be loved more, not less. And then I said something like, and when I follow my addictive behavior, I love myself more, not less. And then people say, hey, hey, wait, wait, I don't want to love my, my, my addictive behavior. Yeah. But you get it, or why you would do that? Yes, and it's not about condoning harmful behavior. Yeah? So, like, if I abuse someone, then I love myself more, not less. It's, it's not about condoning harmful behavior. It's kind of turning back and, and, and asking, why is this addictive behavior there? What's, what's the pain behind? And the pain needs love. So when you say, I love myself in all actions, it's not, I love my actions, but I love myself even more. Because actually, when I follow harmful behavior, behavior I need more love, not less. It's obvious. If I'm violent, I actually need more love, not less. Yeah, so that's uh, also in all in all thoughts. Yeah, so that does not mean that you need to like your thoughts or that that you that we have to train or condone, uh, like for example, the pattern of blaming others. But if you blame others, you know, you know blaming others is always a sign that there's something in you you don't want to feel. And that something you don't want to feel, that needs love. Because love is the ultimate medicine. If you do, would do the opposite, so you, 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 you follow a, an addictive pattern and you blame yourself, you feel guilty, you, are, you feel ashamed, you, you criticize yourself, you, 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 you put yourself down, you punish yourself, you are hard with yourself. That's exactly the way how to continue with that behavior. Because you, you, you put more hurt into you. So let's have a break. And then uh, those of you who want to take this vow, uh, we will do it. And those of you who need a bit of time, uh, you do it at home or you do it next year, but one day you have to do it anyway. <laughs> There's no way around this, wow.
even if you don't do it in this life, you have to do it in next life. We, we, we will do it in the beginning of next. No, after the break. <laughs>